Policymakers in the United States and elsewhere are pressing forward with plans to regulate artificial intelligence, and the approaches they take could have important effects on medicine. Parallels between the history of human subjects research and current debates regarding AI could provide insight into potential implications of policy decisions. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Laura Stark, an Associate Professor at the Center for Medicine, Health, and Society at Vanderbilt University, and the author of Behind Closed Doors, IRBs and the Making of Ethical Research. Professor Stark has written a perspective article about lessons from the regulation of human subject research for AI governance. Professor Stark, what's the current state of AI regulation in the United States and globally? What regulations are under debate and have any rules been implemented? The rules in Europe primarily are a done deal. So they're almost fully negotiated and expected to be in effect starting in January. The rules in the United States are a bit of a different matter. So we've been tracking over the past several months the hearings that the U.S. Congress held in the late spring, early summertime. There was a voluntary agreement among corporations and developers around AI and their own self-governance. And then very recently, I think the most important thing is the Biden administration's executive order which set up a real framework for regulating AI. And even more importantly, they actually drafted guidelines that pertain exclusively to the federal government in the United States. But at the same time, the federal government in the United States is a pretty large entity. So these rules, the draft rules are up for grabs and open for conversation right now. So those rules will be in effect sometime in the next year and In 2024, the U.S. Congress will also likely pass regulation, which have not yet been fully written. What are some of the important decisions that regulators are going to need to face when they're determining how to govern AI? What's this going to consist of? There'll be a lot of important decisions going forward. The ones that I think are especially worth tracking and that there's lessons to be learned from the history of development of rules for human subjects has specifically to do with how rules are put in place around data. And there's a lot of interest and, I think, strong and appropriate concern about the impacts of AI on individual users. So we can think about things like how do technologies are used with patients. But one of the things that institutional review boards and the rules around human subjects didn't take into account when they were developed in the 1970s, because they were unable to take this into account, was specifically how to think about data subjects as distinct from human subjects. And there were a lot of controversies and important leadership from indigenous communities in the United States in the 1990s, really pushing the US government to be able to have stronger rules around what happens when data are extracted, how data are extracted, and then what happens to data once they're used for one study? Can they be used for future studies? And all of this is especially relevant in the age of data scraping, when there's a lot of seemingly publicly available data where it's unclear for a lot of people, including patients and care providers and researchers, what the rules are around the data that's going into algorithms and doing the training data, the benchmark data for this kind of work. So 
going into that a bit more deeply, could you describe the context in which those human subjects rules were first passed in the United States, what the primary points of contention were then, and then what challenges you've begun to discuss this then arose and how the rules evolved as a result? The National Research Act was passed in 1974, and these were the rules that brought into being institutional review boards and also mandated what is now known as the Belmont Report and the Belmont Principles about the underlying values and ethics that are guiding the specific regulations, so the nuts and bolts of how these kinds of rules need to be put into effect. And on the one hand, we can see the National Research Act as being almost an analogy for what's happening with AI today. And that holds for some of the things that we're really dealing with with AI. But in other instances, the National Research Act is actually sort of the forebearer. It is what AI researchers are turning to in the present day to actually guide them. So there's two ways of thinking about this IRBs as analogy and IRBs as actually the forerunner of how AI is being regulated today. So in 1974, the rules for the treatment of human subjects were very contentious because there had been strong debates among researchers about whether rules should be generated by professions, for example, by professional associations that would guide their research or whether there should be government intervention and government oversight. And there was a good bit of skepticism about whether there would be limits to innovation with government regulation of research. And in the early 1970s, the longstanding egregious Tuskegee syphilis studies were revealed in the popular press, although they've been going on since the 1930s, so for decades. And because of that, there was a lot of public motivation and public concern to get some kinds of rules passed. So we can see a similarity in the present day where AI and research with AI has been going on for a number of years now, but it's really in the fore of the public conscience right now that is making the context very similar to the National Research Act. In 1974, the debates that this piece of legislation was stepping into had to do, again, with whether it should be professions or the government that would be doing oversight. In the case of AI today, we can consider the voluntary agreement that corporations and developers entered into willingly during the summertime of 2023 as very much akin to this perspective that professionals should themselves be able to regulate themselves. At the same time, there's a lot of good reasons to think that hard enforcement is really important in the world of AI, meaning that there is actually government-backed repercussions and also government-backed support for the kind of work around ethics and justice that should be done. So what do you think are the most important lessons to be learned from the history of the regulation of human subjects research for AI policymaking? Is it the sort of thing you've just been talking about or is it broader? It's these sorts of things, but there's also sort of one big point that's easy to overlook because it's so large, which is the lesson that was learned in 2017, 2018 at the very tail end of the Obama administration. And this is when the U.S. government at last put in place revisions to what had come to be known as the common rule, the rules that govern the treatment of human subjects in the United States. And 
until that point in time, so until 2018, essentially the same rules that were put in place in 1974 with the National Research Act had held. And that's an awfully long time for medical researchers and social science researchers as well, who had innovated in a lot of ways, not only with the technologies and the designs that were used in medical research, but especially around practices like collaboration. And so the National Research Act no longer dealt well with the needs and the demands of researchers in the 21st centuries for the way that research was done today. And one of the lessons of 2018, then, is that it really should not take decades to be able to revise rules for AI in the future. So there are different ways that regulators can write in the requirement that the rules are revisited every so often, perhaps every year, every few years, or that there's a more flexible method for updating, changing, having public discussion about AI rules because the needs will change both of researchers and learning more about the technology because so many of the risks and also opportunities of AI are truly emergent. Finally, in what ways could decisions about AI governance affect physicians, patients, and public health more broadly? This will impact people in many ways. And I think one of the big things to hold on to is how the use of data and data collection will be governed and these are things that have to do with data just in terms of regular doctor's visits or public health data that are more broadly available. And the extent to which this will be used with or without people's knowledge, but also the projects and the initiatives that these kinds of information will be put towards. How do we want these data to be used towards what ends and with what purposes? Thank you, Professor Stark. 